Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis. I'm the host. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on Hubazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and my veteran-owned business supporters, Quezon Shaving Company, Bottom Gun Coffee, and Semper Savage Salad Dressing. Be savage, not average. And we are not average today because... And we'll get into the story behind how this all this came together. I am talking to a guy I've been following since the early 90s in Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, I'm a rock and roll guy. I'm a metal head. A 98 Rocks plays Jackal. And I have the main man, Jesse James Dupree. Welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Well, it's good to be here today. And uh, I appreciate you inviting me to come on. No problem, no problem at all. It's been a long time in the making. Uh, I, we would listen to you in 98 Rocks. I got in the Marine Corps, and your second album came out. We, we all we all knew when Jack was playing what it was about, and you never moved away from that. You were not apologetic about that at all. It was about good times with good friends, and, you know, I've got my Mistress Carrie shirt on. She's a DJ up here in, in um, you know, the Boston area, and she, we talked about you know, the, the kind of effect you had on music. So I'm channeling her today. And yes, she, you, you know her? You met her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I will tell her you said hello. I said hello, yeah. Awesome. yeah we, we, we do that. You're right, though. We, I mean, we've always just celebrated the fundamentals of rock and roll and two guitar, bass, and drums, chainsaw, if you will, whatever whatever it takes to get that job done. Well, that was the thing. Like, like I, I've never, you know, I'm a young kid back then. We're kind of older now. And I'm like, wait a minute, this guy has a chainsaw as an instrument. So I, I got to ask that because I've always wondered, where, where did the idea come from of using a chainsaw as a supporting instrument in your band? Well, the you know, I mean, what, what a more definitive instrument for rock and roll than a chainsaw. It's loud, it's aggressive, it's destructive, it's stanky, it's everything that rock and roll should be. And, you know, if, if you stop back and look at it from that perspective, you know, the, the question really is, why not? Right. I mean, it's, you know, why not? It works. It did work and it does work. And I don't, I never forgot it. You know, here we are, we're on a, we're in our five time. We got the little boom box going. We're headed out to the field and, and there's Jackal playing at two o'clock in the morning. That's the kind of effect we had, you know, listening to your music. We were, we were up, we were up, Jesse, ready yeah, to yeah, go. Oh, uh, you know, w one of the more re rewarding things is, is, uh, you know, is, is hearing from, you know, throughout the years, hearing from, um, you know, our military uh, friends and supporters of the band that, that uh, you know, that when they were in Afghanistan or when they, you know, wh wherever they may have been, you know, um, that, that stationed, you know, that they would, you know, play something like I Stand Alone as they were heading out on a mission or, or uh, When Will It Rain tends to probably be uh, probably the most predominant song that comes to mind you know that I, that I hear uh veterans and you know soldiers that you know talk about you know when they were when they were deployed you know uh, having that be a song that that they would crank you know as they were heading out into a, a senior who works with us at the full throttle saloon and he was stationed over and uh, he was in uh, air force over overseas and um pulled several tours over there and but he he uh, he as well would tell me about how when will it rain you know, still strikes a chord with him because of, of how they used to crank it up on their way out to, to, to their missions. 
True, true. I mean, I was stationed in Yuma, Arizona for my uh, Marine Corps time, and it doesn't rain there maybe once or twice a year. So it was yeah. kind of a joke for us, but it got us in the mood to go out there and do what we had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that can be some heat out there for damn sure. We have heat here in Georgia, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, that humidity will get you. Well, I, I joined the Marine Corps out of Shreveport, Louisiana, and, and you, you know about you know about humidity then. Yeah, yeah. And, and have you ever come through Shreveport? Did you ever? Because I remember '98 Rocks playing you all, and I can't. I, mean, I think I was in the Marine Corps when you came through and toured. Yeah, we came through. Oh no, we were we we, we came through with ZZ. Who, no, we were. I guess it was with the damn Yankees. Okay, I think we were there with the damn Yankees. Ted Nugent, the damn Yankees, and. And I ended up going to jail in Shreveport for inde for indecent exposure. I mooned the crowd, and um, and they put me in a police car and took me to jail. That sounds like a very Shreveport thing. I'm sorry. I I, I, I don't know what to say. I, all I can do is apologize because you're just being rock and roll. You're yeah, yeah. Being... Well, I'm not not sorry. I'd do it again. Excellent. That's but one of the things. You know, you know, I could I could just sit here and talk about your your music and how it was there for me during those times. I'm in the Marine Corps and I'm a long way from home. But one of the things I noticed is, like a lot of us veterans, you you got to a certain point with Jackal and and your music, but you started reinventing yourself with the whiskey and mixer and full throttle, uh, you know, the, the bar, and you know what you've done. I kind of, of want to dig into that a little bit. What caused you to start saying, you know what, I love rock and roll. I love my music, but I'm going to try these different things. Um, you know, I would like to think that it was more calculated than, than, you know, but it wasn't. I mean, it was, I kind of fell back into everything just because, you know, just, uh, just being observant. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not as calculated, ca uh, calculative as I am just observant. And, um, and, there's opportunities in front of, you know, whenever I'm a, I, I guess I'm a, I'm a problem solver. So when I hear that, you know, that radio stations are having a hard time getting real time research and that with the invent of cell phones and such, it's changed the dynamic of call out research. And, and I, st I start hearing this from all of my radio station buddies across the country. Then I think to myself, well, then let's fix that. And so we invented a program called Mixer that, that provides real-time research for program directors and uh, unprecedented, like no, no other platform does. And then, you know, then you go to the liquor store and you see the price of some of these, you know, great brown liquors and uh, that have, you know, been around, you know, the granddaddies that have been around forever. And, but you start looking and going, dang, you know, you have to take a second mortgage out on your house to buy some of this. So I say, well, let's fix it. You know, let's come up with a, a great bourbon that is a, uh, that's top of the line, and, uh, and uh, but yet uh, something you can enjoy and not have to be fretting about getting that second mortgage on your house to pick a bottle up. So the Jesse James bourbon does exactly that. Now we've got some more expensive bourbons that some five-year-old and seven-year-old aged Tennessee whiskey that's straight out of the barrel into the bottle, and we obviously charge a little bit more of that. But, but the regular Jesse James bourbon is something that I'm very proud of. You know, not only the, the the price point, but I'm definitely proud of the juice and the flavor and how great it is. So, um, if you haven't checked out the Jesse James bourbon, the honey bourbon, the spice bourbon, you know, uh, be sure to do that. But, um, but that, and then, and then, um, uh, then of course coming across the Full Throttle Saloon in Sturges and Michael Ballard and I became quick friends, and and um, and I was able to uh, kind of conceptualize what a TV show would look like with 
you know, with, um, you know, all, all the cast of characters that work out there. It wasn't hard to imagine that people would find it entertaining. So just all those were just opportunities that I had enough sense to take advantage of. All right. I'm going to miss something here. We're going to go back to the bourbon here for a second. I don't by nature drink. It's just something that I've never done. So maybe, maybe that needs to change. We'll see. But talk to me about bourbon. You know, what is it about bourbon? It's an American institution that, that you love and are passionate about. Yeah. Well, I encourage people to try it, you know, to, 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 to start to experiment and, and learn and to love, you know, brown aged whiskey, uh, there's an art to it. And I think okay. the reason that there is a reason that a lot of people, uh, and of course there's a tremendous amount of people that love their brown liquor. I mean, it's a huge industry, uh, you know, um, for aged whiskeys, but uh, you know, there's still a lot of people that haven't tried it or they just, they, they tried it and they didn't like it. And I think the main reason that, that people uh, may either try it and not like it or may not try it at all is because they're not managing their expectations. So, okay. so if, if, if I'm going to manage your expectations and I'm going to tell you to go and buy some brown liquor this weekend, regardless of what kind it is, I'm going to tell you that you've got to understand that there's a virgin charred oak barrel and where they've charred the inside of it and uh, with, with, with fire. And, um, and they're going to take a white corn-based whiskey and they're, that's just a white kind of moonshine, if you will, and this, you know, and you've got, you know, the, 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 uh, the corn flavored whiskey and they're going to put it in that barrel. And so then that's going to add two things. It's going to add the flavor of the charcoal and it's going to add the sugars from the wood because the, the, the whiskey is going to, over time is going to travel in and out of that, uh, the wood staves, you know, and so you're going to get that woodsy flavor. You're going to get that charcoal flavor and you're going to get that corn flavor. And so those are the three flavors that you're going to disseminate when you're trying brown liquor. So every liquor has got its own personality. Is it a little woodsy? Is it a little hot? Is it a little charcoal? You know, just what, you know, but if you, if you know that you're going to be tasting those flavors, you can better enjoy it and you can better appreciate what happens when it all comes together for a great drink. And uh, so, so, so that's, that's what I would share with you about. So, and I prefer Jesse James bourbon. Uh, I, I think we've accomplished the, 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 the right balance of all three of those flavors. So you, you really understand, I mean, personally, how this all comes together and you want to deliver something that someone like me, who's never had bourbon before in his life once, because I'm, 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 a, I'm saying this is like cigar smoking. I enjoy cigars. So, and, and it's the same process where if I know the uh, lead. Yeah, yeah, it's not just to interrupt you. I mean, you're, but it's, you can't just say you're a cigar smoker. I mean, you, if you smoke cigars, then you know that there's more to it than that. I mean, there's, you know, when you go and you, you look, do you want a more blonde tobacco? Do you want a darker tobacco? Do you want something that's a little more pungent or do you want something that's a little more buttery? Do you want to, you know, you want to make sure that you see the vein, you know, the, the, right. the, the veins of the leaf and, you know, I mean, all the things that, that you're, I mean, you know, if you smoke cigars for real, then you, you've delved into that world of, of everything that it takes to define the cigar that you like, but that may not necessarily be what I like. And, um, you know, and, uh, but, but we both can appreciate what manage our expectations about what, you know, what, what it is about a cigar that we like. But, but knowing that from you now about how your bourbon is supposed to taste, I can, I can see in my mind 
okay, I'm going to get a real like woodsy earth tone flavor in this bourbon. I'm not going to just, you know, crush it. I'm going to let it sit in my mouth and try to, you know, get all those flavors before I swallow. You, you want to, you want to, you want to hold it for a second and just, uh, and then, and and then if you, um, you smell it and then you take, put it in your mouth and then you just kind of hold it for a minute, like you say, and then, then you uh, swallow it and, and you're going to, you're going to have a couple of different journeys, you know, but there's going to be a couple of stages of that journey that you're going to take. I suggest you get you a big bag of popcorn and pour your bourbon over ice and, and sit there and eat that bag of popcorn and sip on that bourbon and maybe throw a little splash of water in it to begin with just to open it up a little bit. But for the rest of the night, you'll just be adding ice and bourbon. You'll be a bourbon drinker by the time you get to the bottom of that bag of popcorn. I'll tell you what, I'm going to get promise right now. I'm going to try doing just that. We'll see how like this you'll, goes. You'll, you'll become a bourbon drinker. You'll sit there and you'll sit, you'll eat that popcorn and you'll just sip that bourbon and you'll taste those flavors that we're talking about. And you'll say, okay, I get it. And then you may even cigar up and really go to the, the full distance because okay. it's hard. It's hard to enjoy a good cigar without a, a glass of bourbon. All right. All right. Well, you know, you're, you're going to convert me. We're going to see how this works. Uh, excellent. 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 So, you know, you're doing this. And then you get involved with Full Throttle Saloon with with the Air Force veteran who, you know, started it. You know, it burned down in 2015. You know, were you involved in rebuilding it to what it is now, or did that come later? Well, yeah. Well, Michael Ballard started, and he owns the Full Throttle. He's my partner, and and a senior just works with us to overseeing security and and that kind of thing. That's who I was referring to from the Air Force. But um, but yeah, we um, Michael and I became fast friends, and I mean, it's uh, you know, the Full Throttle Saloon is beyond Thunderdome for people who love badass motorcycles, beautiful women and, and, or beautiful men, whatever your preference may be. And, uh, and, um, and, and a uh, cold belly washer, which again, happens to be some Jesse James bourbon. Now, do you love motorcycles as much as you love, you know, bourbon and, and good music? Um, I do love motorcycles and, uh, um, you know, I grew up, my dad always had one in the carport and, and, um, you know, I, I used to idolize, you know, him for having that Harley. And, and the day I bought my own Harley Davidson, I felt like I'd become my own man. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's something I'm passionate about. And I'll be uh, I'm actually heading to Arkansas this coming Thursday and doing a big charity ride for a children's hospital with uh, Rusty Wallace from the NASCAR world and, uh, and Paul, St. Paul, Paul Sr. from the Orange County Chopper Camp. And we're all going to be working to raise some money for the children's hospital this weekend. So that culture is really a part of who you are. And, and, you know, I ride a motorcycle. I don't ride a Harley, but, you know, I, I've ridden for quite some time. and know a lot of people who ride Harleys, you know, and they get a bad rap sometimes, but it's always the, the motorcycle guys who will come out and support an event before other groups I've found. You know, why do you think that is? Um. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, um, you know, maybe I, I think that was more so maybe back in the 60s or 50s or something that, you know, that, that but I mean, I think that it, I, I, I'm proud that, and, and I believe that, that over the last, you know, several decades, you know, I think people recognize Harley Davidson, people that own Harley Davidson is to be the most charitable people in the world. I mean, um, there are people that ride, somebody rides a Harley Davidson motorcycle, they give you the shirt off their back and, there's not a more friendly, you know, uh, supportive family group of people uh, that'll support our military more than somebody that rides a Harley Davidson motorcycle. I mean, as the, the Harley Davidson fraternity is the most military 
sensitive, you know, uh, group in, in the in the country. I mean, really, I mean, just they, they, they do an amazing job of always stepping up to support our veterans. So speaking of supporting veterans, you, you do jackal, you're still performing, you're still dropping albums, you get in these business, different business adventures. What what caused you to say, you know what, I want to I want to support veterans in a very meaningful, impactful way and get involved? What, what was the catalyst for that, Jesse? Well, I, well, I mean, I've always supported different veterans. I mean, I've worked with and raising money for, you know, various, you know, um, regional veterans causes, uh, wounded warrior. Uh, you know, I mean, I've worked with various, uh, you know, events and, and charity motorcycle rides and things that have supported the military. I always have. Um, and inclusive of the VFW, um, the, um, you know, the, the VFW, I, I have a company called Mighty Loud and we do marketing and, and, uh, strategic marketing and, and partnerships and, and, um, um, and, uh, uh, the VFW had reached out to the company as well, wanting us to help, you know, cause the, a lot of people have a misconception of what the VFW is is about. I mean, they think it may be some older guys sitting in a lodge, quote unquote, not a post, but a lodge, you know, nursing a drink. And, uh, and that stereotype, just like we were talking about the stereotypes of Harley Davidson riders from, from years ago of, you know, here comes trouble kind of thing. But, um, you know, the, the stereotypes have been, you know, uh, are bust, getting, getting busted down. I mean, the VFW, organization does such an important service in supporting our veterans and um and the vfw recognized that um you know that harley davison was you know a, a great partner to be had and and and, the, and our office also works and consults with the harley davison motor company so we conduct these uh five campaigns a year between daytona laconia new hampshire which is a hundred year old motorcycle event uh Sturges, of course, we're 84 years old now. Um, uh, Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue in Arkansas, which is coming up this weekend. And then uh, and then Milwaukee, which is the birthplace of Harley-Davidson. So um, we were able to take and actually put a partnership together between Harley-Davidson and VFW to start, you know, uh, having the VFW have a presence out at the Harley dealerships for events and raising money for unmet needs and also recruiting because the VFW, you know, it's not just about them there to help people. They also need veterans to become members to help other veterans. And, um, you know, there's, there's probably more veterans out there that are capable and willing and want to help the veterans that are in need. You know, the, it's not just like every veteran is in need. Matter of fact, I'm proud to say, I think the majority of veterans out there you know, are, are more capable of helping someone, right? So the VFW, you know, is we're working really hard to get the, the, the you know, the, the VFW, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the message out, if you will. Right, right. That, you know, that, that the VFW is active in the communities and in, in which they are. And, uh, and they'll jump in and help other charitable organizations. They'll even help jump in and help other military-themed organizations. They, they, they're not selfish and they're not shy. And they'll jump out and just do a tremendous job of throwing the weight of their organization behind these things. And uh, so we're, we're working to get that message out there. And we're working to integrate Harley-Davidson riders in the VFW, um, you know, to share their fraternities with each other and, uh, and to lift each other up. And the VFW has a lot of riding groups. Uh, you know, a lot of the posts have uh, riding groups and such. And, and um, you know, it's just, uh, 
it's just a natural. And uh, so we're proud to, to be doing that. And then, and then me personally, I'm, you know, I'm able to, to, to do things like this interview here and just share with people about, you know, you can make a difference today. You know, you can pick up your cell phone and you can text the word needs in EEDS to uh, 20222. So text 20222, text the word needs to that number and, and you make a $10 donation, you know, like right here, right now and make all the difference in the world. I mean, we've met so many uh, um, veterans that have, um, um, been been recipients of the unmet needs program, and um, and and it's just so humbling to see, you know that 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 money at work, and the bureaucracy inside the VFW is so little to none. I mean, um, I mean it's it's compared to any other organization, it's pretty humbling too to watch how they work because they vet every single you know, application for the unmet needs grants. They bet it out uh, in, a, you know, in a couple of individuals that will take and, 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 and just suss out what they can do to, and what level they can help these veterans. So it's, it's it, and, I, and it happens quick. It can happen within like 15 days of the application. So all of those are things that wins me over to say, you know, if these guys are for real about helping veterans in need, you know, veterans in, from being injured or deployed and their families, you know, that the, while they're deployed, what hardships are their families coming under? And it could, I mean, it could be as little as a hot water heater all the way up to, to big issues, you know? And so it's, it's great to see how they do their work. One of the things talking to Brian Walker, the former state commander of, the, of Tennessee about the yeah. BFW and your involvement was, you know, this program was very key to what the BFW was trying to do. But also I saw time and time again, I would go down to Tennessee to cover BFW events there for him and, you know, state chaplain Andrew Farr, and they told me every time they, they were trying to get to a goal or get the word out there, they knew they could get in contact with you and your people. And there was a guitar, there was a bottle of bourbon. That's how I first learned about the fact that Jesse James Dupree is doing bourbon. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they would make a call, they would get the help right there, and they were able to help meet their goals because of, of the work you were doing. But it also really reinforced that with your support, they were able to help people through this program. And one of the things that I saw on the on the website, I'll have the link in the Oscar Mike Rio show post, is the the Americanized chainsaw. Now, how did that? How does that work? If you make a donation or buy a chainsaw, the the proceeds go to the Unmet Needs Foundation. But where did the idea come for that? Well, I mean, obviously from the lumberjack song, and I'm known for playing a chainsaw, so it, it naturally works. I mean, we don't just have chainsaws laying around that that we can throw right, at everything. Right, right. We can throw at everything. Uh, but we, uh, we do what we can. And uh, again, we do, you know, very little in the scheme of what we wish we could do. Um, you know, um, and, but it's it really the, the main thing that happens is, is, is we may give a reason for people to be talking about the calls. And um, it's not necessarily about a chainsaw or about a guitar or, or a bottle of bourbon. It's just, it's mainly that's the excuse to talk about the calls. And the causes the unmet needs, and um, and so if anything, we just hopefully, you know, uh, cause cause that conversation. And when people hear the, you know, the the, the what the cause is about and and uh, and how it works, it's not hard to get them to make a donation. And uh, then the chance that they could win a bottle of liquor or get, that that's that's great. But they they know they walk away knowing that they've done a good thing by making that donation. 
Did you ever think starting off in music all these years ago that you you would be able to get to a point where you can have direct impact on veterans and veterans' lives like this? Yeah, well, I mean, I think everybody can have an impact. I mean, you have an impact. I mean, same thing goes for you. I mean, same thing goes for somebody listening to this. I mean, you're listening right now. You know, did you stop to think that you can make an impact? I mean, we all can, right? And uh, and and uh, I mean, I'm I'm fortunate and blessed to have had some success jumping around on stage with a chainsaw and, and being crazy or having that, you know, that, that, uh, the full throttle TV show and things like that. But, and, and if that helps when it helps, that's wonderful. But I mean, we, we can all make a difference. And that's the more important thing is to, is to really stress to everybody. I mean, if you're listening right now, just know that you can make a difference. And, uh, whether you're telling someone about it or you're picking up the phone and texting needs to 20222 or whatever the case may be, um, just, uh, you know, we all can make a difference. As we wind this down, Jesse, I think that's a very powerful thing to take from this conversation is that we all can make a difference. Looking at the future a little bit, what do you see for yourself and what you do in, say, 2023 post-COVID and things are opening back up now? Do you, do you have anything on, this, on the horizon for what you're trying to do? Well, I mean, we're, we're working right now to formulate what 2023 is going to be about. I'm, I'm going to be out as long as I'm playing concert dates, you know, I'm, um, I'm available to, you know, to support, uh, you know, the VFW and the unmet needs and Lynn, Lynn does a great job and, and, and both the Ricks, Rick McKenna and Rick Butler, you know, they, the three of those guys do a great job of, of, um, you know, making sure they keep tabs on where we are and what we're doing. And, and, and really, the, you know, also to identifying the post, like, you know, Brian's post you were talking, you know, Brian was a very role model post. I mean, you know, those guys know, know how to do it and do it right. So, um, you know, the, I mean, we just have to keep chipping away. I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day and the VFW um, is working on re-identifying itself as, 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 you know, the, the powerhouse that it is. I mean, it, the, it, the VFW is identified internally. That's what they do. And that's what they do every day. They're a very humble group, but, uh, but they realize that they've got to get the message out of, you know, to, to everybody, you know, that's out on the street, you know, this is what the VFW is. Everybody needs to understand this is the VFW and uh, this is what they are. And they're not just those couple of guys nursing a drink in a lodge. Those are post and those post are very important post because you know they anchor down the veterans in that community and they they help activate and congregate with you know with great ideas of how they can do good for veterans and and how they can wrap up around their their communities and they, they you, you generally find that they all and not to mention that, that most of them have a damn good spaghetti dinner throughout the week so if you haven't checked those out I'd invite you to see see if they'll open up the door to let you come in and have some. Well, you know. Jesse, I want to thank you for coming on and, and taking your time to talk with me. Just one more time, how can people pick up their cell phone and you know make change right now for the VFW and veterans? It's, it's you, te you text a simple word, N-E-E-D-S, N-E-E-D-S, and you text it to the, the, the phone number 20222. Put 20222 in your phone, text the word needs, and that $10 donation is made, and you have just made a difference, and you can you can uh, tell all your friends about it because we need all the help we can get. All right, so that's the word needs to 20222. You can make a $10 donation to the VFW. Um, look, you know, Brian and Andrew, 
you know, always talked about how important your support was. And, and, and you know, on behalf of them, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming on talking with me. I've learned a whole lot in a short amount of time. And uh, I will let you, if you get to Laconia, maybe I'll get to meet you in person. Who knows? But yeah. I know how that bourbon went down. Absolutely. Like a plan. I appreciate you. You have a great day. And thank you, everybody. Thank you again. This is Travis Oscar Mike Radio. We are Mission in Flight. Pup-pup. Cut.